Good morning, Steve Dale's Pet World on WGN. And this is a very special program because we are going to salute the human-animal bond in a very special way, specifically therapy dogs. And not only dogs, but cats and rabbits, even miniature horses and some other animals periodically do this work. And it is work. It's very important work that makes such a difference in so many lives. We're also going to hear from a pet photographer who shot images with that in mind, that being the human-animal bond. You get a feel for what these celebrities and their pets are really like together behind the curtain. Cook County Commissioner Donna Miller is, I'm so excited. Well, I am so excited to be here with you, Steve. Thanks so much for reaching out and bringing me on the show. Well, it is my pleasure to do it. And the reason why I am not excited, but so excited, is you are supportive. And in fact, it's a resolution you co-sponsored. April 30th in Cook County is National Therapy Animal Day. That's exciting. It really is. So I actually, um, so I'm just Cook County Commissioner Donna Miller. I represent the South and Southwest suburbs. And we had had several constituents reach out to me over the last couple of years, including you. And, you know, and last year I did sponsor National Therapy Animal Day. Yes. Um, this year, sponsoring it again with my, um, with one of my con- uh, partners on the county board, Commissioner Scott Britton. And we're putting forth a similar resolution that's going to be approved at this month's board meeting on April 27th. And um, we expect to have even more of our commissioners also join in as co-sponsors uh, for this important resolution. Well, it is an important resolution, which I want to talk about in a second, but I am curious about one thing. It's a political question. Brandon Johnson, will he still be a Cook County Commissioner on April 30th? Uh, Yes, he will. All right. So maybe he will be there as well. So here's what I've been trying to convince Brandon Johnson to do. Get a dog. And actually, (laughs) he's the one that brought that up to me. So... I am glad. I hope he's there for the thing, because I know he's kind of busy these days, but I hope he's there. Well, he will be there. I talked with him, and he said he's coming, and um, if you have a certain dog you think you should uh, suggest to him, maybe you can let him know. (laughs) I will. You can count on that, and I look forward to talking to him again there. Please tell him I will be there, actually. Okay. All right, so why is this important to you, do you think? Yeah, yes, in part. I understand. Uh, Your constituents reached out, and it's great that there is a Cook County commissioner responsive to uh, constituents. That's That in of itself, of course, is what you're there for. Having said that, I would assume there's more to it than that for you. Well, it is. I mean, animals are such an important part of all of our lives and our communities and what happens, you know, in our communities. So I think it's an opportunity for Cook County. And I always like to say this. Cook County is the second largest county. And what happens here sets a trend for other counties, right? So maybe other counties will also adopt this resolution and to honor and celebrate our therapy animals and their human handlers and just really bring it full circle across Illinois, we could just start with Illinois, but across the country, really. And um, I'm particularly proud that the 6th District is also home to a brand-new South Suburban Humane Society shelter. Yes. And that was made possible from grant funding for Cook County. So it just that shelter has also highlighted the fact that so many people love their their pets 
and want to take great care of them. And this kind of brings it all full circle. So National Therapy Animal Day was created by Pet Partners as a national day. Pet Partners is a national organization. And we'll talk with Annie Peters, who is the president and CEO of Pet Partners, about what this organization does. But I will tell you, therapy dogs and other therapy animals as well make an extraordinary difference. We've done this. You know, we've had several dogs that have done therapy work. Uh, Currently, we have a dog uh, that regularly goes to Lurie's Children's Hospital that my wife takes there. Mm -hmm. And she tells me stories of how the children just light up when the dog visits them. It doesn't necessarily change the prognosis of why they're there. Having said that, there are instances, many, many, many instances where someone medically is changed, actually just because a dog walks into the room, which I know is hard to put together for some, but it actually does happen. Uh, are you And science, by the way, now has confirmed all of this, and we've gone from, in the therapy dog world, from a time when Oh, you'd have to convince the hospital or nursing home or rehab facility or school, you know, for reading programs where dogs come in to do that kind of work or help children with certain disabilities. I mean, there's a long list of what these dogs do. And the facilities at one point, you'd have to convince them that it would be now it's the other way around. There's more of a need for these dogs than there are available dogs. And I say dogs, but dogs mm-hmm. and to some extent cats and rabbits and some other animals too, uh, miniature horses, for example. But there is more of a need than there are animals available. So that makes this day to help create awareness even yeah. more important for me. What, what do you think, Commissioner? Well, I 100% agree. And that is also one of the reasons that I wanted to sponsor this Hearing the need from my constituents, obviously, is super important to me. But this resolution um, on pet therapy, pet therapy, has, like you just mentioned, it's proven to have a myriad of health benefits, including for cardiovascular health, lowered blood pressure, irritability, and stress. And health care has been a major focus of mine since I've been on the county board. In 2018, we had a big focus on cardiovascular disease and health. It's the number one cause of death. Not surprisingly, it's here in Cook County. So anything that improves our health is such a blessing and so needed. And also, I happen to also be vice chair for Veterans Committee, and I know that therapy animals play an important role in helping veterans deal with PTSD and overcoming injuries, for example. So pet therapy has so much really good work that's being done in so many different categories for humans, for people. And this resolution will help to amplify that message and, like you said, hopefully can get people to understand the need and not look at it as something extra they'd have to figure out how to manage or how to deal with it. They can just really look at it as a way to help people and to help, um, you know, raise their level, you know, their health benefits in so many different categories. So what we're talking about are therapy animals, but you just mentioned uh, service animals really as well, uh, which is different. And those are the animals that help veterans with PTSD. I'll let the cat out of the bag. Are you ready to hear a scoop that no one's yet heard? Yes. 
All right, so the Chicago Cubs are honoring in August, I think August 30th, I think that's the day they're honoring, deservedly so, Ron Santo. And Vicky Santo, Ron's widow, is going to be in town. Vicky uh, is the president of the Ron and Vicky Santo Diabetic Alert Dog Foundation. And what they do is they partner these dogs to help primarily children with juvenile diabetes, uh, mm-hmm. which have so many benefits, not only to the children, but the entire family. You mentioned veterans. I wish we could get the U.S. government to understand what data now supports the difference that these dogs make that are service dogs for U.S. veterans, but currently that doesn't occur. They have to get these service dogs through private organizations, which there aren't enough dogs, actually, uh, to serve all the veterans that want a dog. Not every veteran necessarily wants a dog, but for those that do, we need more dogs that are available. We also need financial support for the veterans that don't necessarily have the financial wherewithal. But we do know, we know, this isn't my opinion, the benefit that I'm talking not way beyond diabetes, way beyond PTSD uh, for veterans, but the benefits that service dogs provide in a myriad of ways. Again, that's different than therapy dogs. Okay. But but I wish there was a day for service dogs as well. These dogs actually save lives. We know that veterans. I'll use that example. Uh, when they have a service dog, uh, as you probably know, without a service dog. Uh, one big problem is suicide, and their suicide rates are many times what the general population is, unfortunately. However, with the service dog, their suicide rate equals more or less what the general population is. That's a huge, huge change right there. Can you comment on all of that? Yes, I think that that is really a great direction to go in, and this is how it starts, by having conversations, educating, knowing the difference between therapy uh, and service. And But the, the big thing is that therapy and service animals are providing such a benefit to people, and you've just outlined something that I can't wait to explore more into, and maybe there's something we can do more down the line. Um, as you mentioned, the children with juvenile diabetes, I actually know someone a friend has one uh, for their child who has juvenile diabetes. So, you know, I think that we, you know, when we want to honor and recognize how this training is so important for the animals and the therapy animal partners, I'm glad that you've worked with pet partners for so long. And, you know, the visits that they make out into the community, out into schools, out into libraries, this is what we're going to do to help educate people on why it's important and why it matters. Well, you've made a difference by saying what you just said. Coming from Cook County Commissioner Donna Miller, thank you so much. I appreciate your commitment to all this, and I look forward to meeting you in person. Well, likewise. Thank you so much for having me, and thanks for the work you do. Thank you. All right, we're here to make the announcement. Are you ready for our special announcement sound effect? All right, okay, here we go. The winner of the Therapy Animal of the Year is Lindsay Wallace of Rochester, Minnesota, for Pet Partners, and her dog, an Australian shepherd named Rye Guy. Congratulations, Lindsay. Thank you so much. So what made you think, okay, my dog is so special, and what my dog does is so special, that I'm going to go for this, the therapy animal of the year for pet partners? So actually, um, 
I had heard about this the previous year. This is only the second year they've ever done this. Uh-huh. And um, one of the pet partners people found me on Instagram because I have an Instagram for Rye. It's RyeGuy0122. <laughs> and um, they saw how much we post about things because Rye is also an agility dog, a frisbee dog, therapy dog, trick dog. You know, he does all sorts of stuff. Um, and so they saw how active we were and they were like, wow, this team, you know, probably would be pretty good. And so they nominated us. And of course, you know, I was like, well, I've never done a fundraiser before, but we have quite a bit of, uh, audience within our, you know, our friend circle with all the different sports we do and our therapy work. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll try my hand at it, see how much we can raise. And surprisingly through grassroots donations we had over 160 individual donations wow we were able to raise 14 over fourteen thousand dollars. oh my goodness which all goes to a nonprofit called pet partners so what do you guys do together as far as therapy work yeah so um why i got him when he was seven months old he was a little bit older than your typical puppy and i got him from a breeder who you know wanted to show him but he was kind of shy and you know he wasn't exactly you know perfect, perfect genetics to rebreed, but she loved him and she wanted him to go to a good home. And so because he was kind of shy, we kind of worked initially on meeting other people and everything. And by the time he was two, he actually was, you know, had a great personality for therapy work. And so it was around 2019, we started volunteering and he did see some patients at at our local hospital, but then we found that he loves performing his tricks, not only with me for other people, but actually for other people. So we actually volunteer at an inpatient psychiatry unit at our local hospital with adolescent, like in pediatrics. So the kids get in a big group and it's a group activity and we teach them about therapy animals and how those are different than a service animal and how those are different than an emotional support animal. And they get their chance to watch Rye do all his really cool tricks. And some of the really fun ones they get to do with him as well. Of course, I hold the leash, but um, he actually does all of the tricks for them, so it's really, really fun, and especially, you know, mood-boosting for those inpatient psychiatry uh, kids. Are you surprised at the difference that a dog can make in an inpatient psychiatry unit? Yeah, I mean, at first I kind of was like, oh, the kids are having fun, and then, you know, you would hear some comments from the kids that are like, this is the happiest I've been in months. And it's stuff like that where I would work with the child life specialists and the nurses, and they were like, I haven't seen this kid, you know, talk more than a sentence. And when they were here with Rye, they talked the whole time. Um, Or, you know, I haven't seen this person do much other than, you know, stay silent in their room. And now interacting with Rye, you know, they got up in front of a whole group to do a trick with him. Um, So it's actually really incredible. You know, I'm talking with the local therapy animal coordinator to see if we can maybe even do some, you know, pilot research on this just because it really improves their mood drastically. Well, it's not surprising for anyone who's done therapy work, the difference that these dogs and sometimes other species, not necessarily only dogs, can truly make. So congratulations to you, not only for winning this thing, but really for the work that you do. And for the work you do with Rye Guy, uh, your Australian Shepherd. Now, one more question. For next year's competition, do you have any advice for those who may want to participate as the winner for 2023? I would say ask around. I asked the winner from last year, um, Happy Happy Hazel, um, and her mom, Sarah, <laughs> I asked them yes, about we, how to do things. I remember they, we had Happy Happy Hazel on the radio. 
Yeah, yeah. And so I actually reached out to them because she had tons of ideas. And I said, you know, I'm kind of tapping out on all my local friends. What else do I do? And she recommended reaching out to other people, different activities. So I actually reached out to our local restaurants. It's funny, my favorite restaurant in town, the Tap House, um, in in town, donated three thousand dollars, and they were our biggest donor. And wow! Because we love going there, so we're like, let's reach out to them. Um, we reached out to our local friends and uh, business owners. Uh, I know Blue Nine Pet Products donated. Our local uh, Subaru, Penn's Auto donated, um, and Central Bark locally donated. So tons of different people, all different businesses that you know. Either we've been there before, we love their business. We ask them because you never know. Um, and of course, you know, I've asked dozens of people and of course only a few return um and another great idea since many companies can't give monetary funds is to host a raffle so Mm -hmm. we hosted a virtual raffle because most of my family is actually from the northeast and from upstate new york so i held a raffle on facebook where all of the donated goods were raffled off people could buy tickets and um all those funds would go right you know to pet partners and it that was a great way to raise money so i would say you know there's Ideas out that's, there, but that's brilliant. Congratulations to you, Lindsay Wallace. Congratulations to your dog, Rye Guy. To learn more, petpartners.org. Thank you. So here's a question for you. Why and how do cats interact with one another the way they do? Oh, gosh, that's an impossible question to answer. Well, no, not really, or we'll see. Dr. Kelly St. Denis will be here next week. To give it a go, we'll also learn about heart disease in dogs and heart disease in cats with veterinary cardiologist Dr. Brian Scanson. And while I have the opportunity, let me tell you, you can check out, because you want to know, I'm sure, give me all the updated pet news. You can check it out on my blog, and that's stevedale.tv. Or you can find me on Facebook. Just go to pages. I have, I guess they call it a community page, a fan page. Different names for the same thing, but just go to Pages and type in my name, Steve Dale, and I can assure you, you will find it. Also, while I'm at it, on TikTok, Groucho, that's our cat, underscore the funny cat. Groucho underscore the funny cat. She is an amazing lady as the president and CEO of an amazing organization called Pet Partners. Wait until you hear the difference. These animals make Annie Peters. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Steve. I'm so happy to be here with you again. Well, it's coming up, right? It's it's a therapy animal day. Is that what it's called? Yeah, the ninth anniversary of National Therapy Animal Day coming up on April 30th. Now, is it true I get free parking on that day? You do. And if you get towed, you can even send me the ticket. Don't say that. You'll have people all over <laughs> sending just you. Just you. No, just me. Okay. Well, I'd like to send you a bunch of them, but that's a whole other thing here. So what, first of all, let's start here. What is Pet Partners? So Pet Partners is a leading therapy animal organization registering you and your pet to visit people at maybe a vulnerable time in their life. It could be at a children's hospital. It could be uh, visiting in assisted living. You could be visiting at a local school, helping a struggling reader learn to read. So we actually registered nine species, although like 93% of our teams is someone registered with a dog. But we've got cats and mini horses, guinea pigs, rabbits, birds, and llamas, and assortment of a few others. So National Therapy Animal Day is the time to celebrate these amazing pets who give back so much to people in need. 
You know, and, and you know, Annie, I've had, in our case, dogs that have done therapy dog work. And sometimes they make an incredible difference for a couple of minutes. They change a person for that few minutes. Sometimes, though, they actually change a life. Can you talk about that? Sure, absolutely. You know, the whole idea of having a therapy animal visit when you're in a time of strife or sadness, yeah, it might seem that it was just uplifting your day during that short time. But if you're a young couple and you're at the bedside of of your child and you're struggling to wonder what's going to be the outcome um, for your child, that therapy animal visit can just brighten not just those few minutes, but the entire day, lower your stress and make it easier for you to deal with whatever's in front of you. Um, Also with readers, young readers who are struggling to learn how to read, there is a lot of research around um, that a child will read into a therapy animal, will work harder to sound out the words. They don't feel like they're being judged. They'll read for longer. So those improvement in reading skills carry you through your entire life because we all know how important it is to be fluent and um, able to read well. And then there are the stories that are quite incredible, but you know, you know, with social media, we can now see that they're true. Uh, an example is someone who, and this really happened, but so many stories like this, I'm sure you know, Annie, where someone was in a coma. I don't know how mm-hmm. long, but it was a significant period of time. And they thought, all right, the end must be near. Let's bring, and they convinced the hospital to bring the dog in. This wasn't a therapy dog per se. It was their own dog. And they did. And the person was petting the dog, sort of. They were getting help, you know, so the hand was touching. Someone else lifted this person's hand so they could pet the dog. And it's like one of those movies. The eyes open and the person looked and smiled and then spoke. I mean, incredible. But to you... Incredible. Yeah. And it is incredible. But to you, you hear these stories somewhat frequently. And when I say these stories... That's not quite right because they're they're true and we now know. So everything you've said, including about the reading dogs and other things that dogs and other animals can do, we now know through science that's the case. When you first began in this industry, I suspect that you had pushback from professionals, whether they be in hospitals or in hospice or uh, in schools with reading programs, uh, or senior centers, and the list, rehab institutes, and the list goes on and on, I suspect you're not getting nearly as much, as much push, pushback. And I know in Chicago, there's actually a shortage of therapy animals, because so many facilities of so many different types of facilities are actually saying, yeah, we want programs like this. Absolutely. And that coma story is not an isolated incident. We had a uh, story just like that, a standard poodle named Apollo, who visited a child who was in a coma by their bedside. And they left, he visited with the parents, they left. About 20 minutes later, the dad came running through the hospital looking for Apollo. Their daughter had woken up. And they said, what do you remember? And she said, I just remember seeing a dog's face and it made me want to giggle. Oh. So that is absolutely true. But you know, in terms of Sometimes people are moved by the stories. They don't need to see the data. They hear the story, and they are all in. Some people are data people. They're like, oh, interesting story, but can you show me some actual data and some research? So we also fund the research to make the case about why these visits are so impactful. But you're right. There's not enough therapy animals 
who to meet the need and the demand from all the facilities who would like a therapy animal visit. So we are always looking for new handlers who have an animal who would be suited to be a therapy pet. So how can one determine whether I've got that kind of animal or not? You're really looking for an animal that has a combination of confidence and exuberance. You know, if you kind of an extroverted animal. They enjoy meeting new people. The kind of, you know, dog or mini horse that shows up and says, Hey, I'm here, let's get this party started. <laughs> it's really as as you know, as, as uh, rewarding as this work is for the volunteer handler, it's really not at the expense of that animal. So when you register with an organization like Pet Partners, we provide education and then you show up for an evaluation, sort of a mock visit, where we're making sure that it looks like the animal's happy to be there. Once that you have a good bond, there's communication between the two of you traveling through that leash, but that it looks like the animal's going to actually enjoy this work as well. Well, with the popularity of this type of work, there are all sorts of organizations that are kind of make me cringe. I mean, how important is it that there's professionalism in this industry, which is what it is now as well? Oh, it's incredibly important because, you know, the animal welfare and the, um, and the client safety are just paramount. So um, registering with an organization like Pet Partners and you're getting the education you need, you know, most of us think we might be good at reading our, our dog's body language, but we don't maybe know that a lip lick can mean that animal's stressed or a yawn can mean that my dog's tired and she wants a nap more or that she's really stressed and if I don't intervene, the situation could escalate. So we provide all that education to make sure that it's not just an impactful visit but also a safe visit as well. So it's, it's important if you're going to do this kind of work to be with a reputable organization like Pet Partners and then to also understand the insurance implications. If something were to happen, um, we did have a, a dog one time that ate a hearing aid that was on the floor. Wow. Um, it, it doesn't come back on your homeowner's insurance. You're not at risk. We step in and we make that situation right. I won't ask the obvious if the dog was able to hear any better. I'll keep away from that. <laughs> Pet Partners is a nonprofit. To learn more about Pet Partners and how you might yourself become involved, what is the website? It is petpartners.org. That's easy enough. Petpartners.org. Annie Peters, CEO, President of Pet Partners, thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. Johanna Sigmund is the author of In Good Company. She is a pet photographer as well, and quite a pet photographer. Here's what I loved about this book, and I should say, oh my gosh, I mean, all these celebrities, and you pictured them with their pets. Ed Begley Jr., the late Ed Asner, Francis Fisher. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Dee Wallace is here of all of these folks and some folks that you might not know their names, but you get a special glimpse of someone. And I think you can capture something about that person you might not know by taking a picture with their pet. Is that what you were after? Yes, but more than that, I was interested in capturing the relationships. So these, as you saw, are not your typical um, pet portraits. These are relationship portraits. This is the connection between a human and their pet, whatever. There are eight different uh, species in this book, actually. Yeah. And uh, and I photographed 27 different species so far. So um, 
but yes, the more important thing, I call them portraits of love, because it really shows the many different ways that people connect with their pet. And, and that's what fascinated me more than just a repre- representative image of them. These are interpretive. So one example is uh, the late Ed Asner, who I know mm-hmm. is a huge animal advocate. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he comes across uh, on television for years as kind of a grumpy guy. But, and in person, I've had the opportunity to talk to him. He kind of is kind of a grumpy guy, unless... <laughs> un- yes, he is. Yeah, unless... Well, yes. Mm-hmm. Unless you ask about his animals, you yes. know, over the years. And yes. the, the image you took is you could hardly see either one of them because of all the cigar smoke there, you know. But uh-huh. that's, you captured, I'm sure, what Ed Asner really is with his dog when no one is looking. Yeah, relaxed, connected, grounded. Yes, very much so. But uh, but you bring up a good point, and that is that people are, it's been my experience that when people are with their pet, they're their best self, and mm. they're their most genuine self, and their most loving self. So, and uh, that is part of why I did this book, because I really wanted to give people, it's not just cute and entertaining, but also a tool to reconnect with our heart, so we can go forth and be more compassionate in life, you know, in these divided times. Well, here's one of those questions that I'm sure you hate when interviewers like me ask it, but I can't. I love them all. <laughs> okay, we'll see. What was your, of, of all the pictures you took in the book, which was your favorite? Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, the Sophie's Choice thing. Um, <laughs> it, it's really, I don't know how to answer that question because I love them all for different reasons. I mean, I look at Norman Lear's photo and it's just so iconic and, you know, he's, it, he is so subtly in the picture, and yet it delivers such an amazing image. Um, there's an, a picture of Adrienne Wilkinson with her little tiny dog, Tazo, who sadly just passed away. Oh, hmm. And, um, you know, when she said, oh, he loves watermelon, I had no idea how, how ferociously he would attack the watermelon. <laughs> so there are all of these moments. For me, each photo represents a different aspect of love, and my personal experiences in taking them adds to my enjoyment of the photos. So it's really hard to to pinpoint any one as the best or my favorite. They're they're all my favorite. And the book (laughs) features that that answers the question. No, it kind of doesn't, but that's okay. It's (laughs) really it, it. it's fine, because I understand what you're saying. I mean, we're talking about 56 personalities. Mm-hmm. Of, of Let me ask it this way. Of those images that you took pictures of, oh, I've, I've, here's what I know also I wanted to ask you. There was one, like, you have to tell me who it is, because I don't recall. But you wrote, because you, the other interesting thing is you write a paragraph that's kind of a you pull back the curtain a little bit. Here's yep, what yep, really yep, happened. Uh-huh. Yeah, and the photo shoot. This is what really happened. And for this one, you wrote the cat. I was worried because you knew, based on what you were told in advance, that when people come over, the cat goes away. And you were yep. concerned that you were, with all the photo equipment and everything else, and the fact that you were there, that the cat would never come out. And it turned out okay. Yep. Is, is that Tierney? Tierney Sutton? Is, uh, there's two, sh- two shots. One of her taking the photo of the cat and the other with the cat on her chest. Mm-hmm. Is that the one you're talking yeah, yeah, about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, well, one of the things, um, 
people keep I I, I I keep calling myself the Diana Troy of pet photographers because I try and when I arrive uh, at, at the uh, and, and I don't show up just with my cameras and equipment. I show up with us already having decided what the concept was going to be. So it's a lot of preparation goes into these. But the final, the final unknown is what? Where am I going to shoot in this location that I've never seen before? And two, are the pet and I going to connect? Because it's always, no matter how much preparation one does, it all basically boils down to, is the pet going to cooperate? And my cardinal rule, my prime directive is to never stress the animal. If the animal is not going to cooperate, then we have to reschedule or do something else because um, that is sacrosanct for me. And so what I do when I arrive, I'm, I, I try and calibrate my energy with the, with the pet. I I do get down on the ground. I let them sniff sniff me, and I try and let my energy go to theirs versus trying to impose myself on them. I want them to be their natural selves. I want them to behave the way they always behave with their human because I want to capture something that happens on a daily basis at their home. I want it to be natural, and, and even though some of these, even though they're high concept and they're very produced pictures, mm-hmm. the the moments I capture are very genuine. Tell me about uh, where the proceeds of this book go, the Apex Protection Project. Well, thank you for asking. I, I believe in being of service. I think that anybody who has the privilege of being successful should consider being of service in some way, and I chose the Apex Protection Project, which is a wolf advocacy and education uh, a sanctuary. And they, they, uh, the wolves are in wolf species, which are an apex predator, the ergo the name, um, are, are endangered in our country, mm-hmm. and that has all sorts of ramifications. And so I felt it's like one step that I can do for one, one animal that can make such an enormous difference into the ecosystem. And that's how I feel about my book, too, that here's this little one tiny grain of sand of love that I hope to plant a seed in everybody's heart. So um, that's why I chose them. Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you what we, <laughs> with without wolves, not only do wolves suffer if we shoot them, uh, mm-hmm. but the entire ecosystem goes down the tubes. We now know yes. that. And yes. still we continue to pers- persecute wolves, yet we complain when people do the same with whatever species it is on the other side of the world, that they're unfortunately persecuting. We can't even protect our own. Uh, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the name of the book again, In Good Company, I am right now, by talking to the author and the photographer of amazing yes. talent, Johanna. And it's available worldwide yes. at any online bookstore that you that you like to buy from, or you can order it directly from your favorite local bookstore. Sounds good. In Good Company, Johanna Siegman, thank you so much. Thank you.